Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. As someone who constantly travels to new locations out of state to hunt, I have to rely on map scouting before I even get in the truck. Onyx Hunt Maps makes it super easy for me to plan out my trips as well as track my success while on the trip. The offline maps along with the tracking feature and ability to add pictures to my waypoints means I can always reference old trips and hunts to better prepare for the next. When planning your next hunt, be sure to use Onyx to put you and your dog in the best situation you can. Use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20% and know where you stand with Onyx. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The GDIY Spotlight is a monthly bonus episode highlighting nonprofits whose missions support hunting, dogs, dog training, and or conservation. At the end of the month, we donate 10% of Patreon proceeds to the featured organization. While the financial donation may not be much, it's our way of getting the message out and garnering more support for the causes that are important for all hunters, gun dog owners, and conservationists. Please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash gundogityourself to help support these great organizations in addition to helping out our podcast. We really appreciate all of our patrons, and as always, gundog it yourself. All right, everybody, and we're back with another edition of the GDIY Spotlight. This month we have Quell Forever, and on the line I have Jess McGuire and Noah Smith. How are you guys doing today? Good. We hope you are, Nick. Good. Thanks. Yep. I'm just living the dream. I'm excited to talk to you guys about Quell Forever and kind of the the actions and uh, what you guys are really working on to provide good quail habitat all over the country and uh, more specifically the southeast. Uh, do you guys want to just go ahead and start, tell everybody where you're from and kind of the regions you work in right now? Sure. I'll, uh, I'll let Jess go first and then I'll follow up. Hey, thanks for having us. We really appreciate the opportunity to let everybody know what we're doing here in the southeast. And um, I am the southeast, the Working Lands for Wildlife Wildlife Coordinator. So uh, Working Lands for Wildlife is a is a pilot program or from NRCS. So they, they fund a lot of our cost share positions here. We have a lot of partnerships with a lot of the state agencies. And we're just working on putting boots on the ground to create habitat. So I supervise biologists in about eight states. Um, In the southeast, we have biologists in South Carolina. We have two there and one that gets to work on the Entry Ranger District. Uh, In Georgia, we have three farm bill biologists, Mississippi one. North Carolina, we have one, and we have one in Kentucky. And very soon, we'll be um, running some interviews for positions in Alabama so we're excited to be expanding and uh, you know filling in the map 
Wow. So you're just staying busy all over. You're kind of just over all the states. And I'm assuming Noah is one of the biologists that you're you're talking about being involved in Georgia. Is that correct? He is. He is. Yeah. We're glad to have him on board. And he's uh, getting a lot of acres on him. So, yeah, we're, we're real pleased about that. So, so real quick, describe what the, the regional biologists do. You know, I know a lot of people, when they hear quail forever or pheasants forever, they, they really think about CRP and up in the north. But down here in the southeast, like you said, there's a lot of, lot of hands at play in each state and each region. So, Noah, what, what do you really focus on and what's your job like? So, uh, you know, working as a quail forever biologist in Georgia, Nick, um, you know, basically, I am doing all the leg, leg work to provide for Quail Forever's, you know, main mission, um, you know, which is basically improving wildlife habitat. That's our bottom line through public awareness, education, land management policies, and other programs. And uh, so, basically, like I said, I'm just doing all the leg work, meeting with landowners, uh, meeting with agencies, and, and just being in the boots on the ground to get that habitat implemented. Um, in the best way and, and in my mind, in the quickest way possible. So, um, you know, it's, in my mind, it's a numbers game. And so every little, you know, every acre we can add to quail habitat is a, is a small victory. So, um, you know, we're just trying to be as impactful um, every day that we go into work as we possibly can. And, uh, you know, you mentioned CRP as being kind of the bread and butter out west and up north. And I just think that Part of that has to do with just not being able to explore, equip, and CSP in ways that um, we probably could have in the past. Uh, Working Lands for Wildlife is an equip program, so uh, that's that's a little bit different. You know, we do a lot of the same things on the ground, same practices. It just really depends. You know, like Noah said, it's a numbers game sometimes, and what works best for that landowner. You know, they might want to enroll in CRP. We still have a good number of trees enrolled in CSP in the southeast, or in CRP, I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, for our rural crop producers, it might be a little bit better for them to enroll in CSP because they already have their farms, some practices from their farm, and they just need those enhancements. And, you know, wildlife enhancements really is the way to go on a lot of these places because we can get a lot of ground covered, um, and then they still stay working. That's that's what we're concerned with is making sure these, um, you know, the, the land is still in working condition for the producers. So they keep things going. They still provide for habitat and they're not led to pave it over. So that's kind of our goal. And, you know, we'll work within all those programs. And I think you're going to see EQIP and CSP really taking off here. Um, NRCS is committed to their working lands projects that they have out there, and there's a lot of money. By far, Farm Bill Programs is putting more conservation on the ground than anything else. But that That's really great, and like Noah said, it's like every little bit helps, and I, I know a, a lot of the outreach kind of goes towards educating private landowners and making sure that they understand what they what they can do on their own private property as well as the opportunities like the programs you were just talking about, uh, what's available to them. And, you know, a lot of people, they'll say, well, you know, I only have a a small plot of land here, but you guys focus on really trying to educate the landowners 
and making them understand that there are tools and programs out there that can, even if it's just a small track of land, it's still worth it in the end to really explore those options, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, on the East Coast particularly and in the Southeast, Nick, you know, non-industrial private landowners are the biggest land base. And uh, if we're if we're looking at making landscape-scale changes, you know, we're going to have to tap into – you know, both private and public land, and, and the biggest land base we've got available to us right now are those non-industrial private landowners. And so, you know, educating them, getting conservation and habitat put on the ground is uh, uh, on those is a big first step. And uh, then, like Jess said, you know, we've got a biologist in South Carolina working on the national forest right now. Um, and so that's another priority we've got going on. But like, like Jess said, you know, the EQIP and CSP, both of those programs, are so broad reaching, you know, and, and no two landowners are the same, but, you know, you can tailor those programs to fit a lot of resource concerns that landowners have. And uh, so, you know, we've got a lot of good things at our fingertips and tools that we, in our tool case that we can use to create habitat. Yeah. So let's just say, you know, I'm a landowner or I just purchased a new pr- plot of land and I'm interested in developing some good habitat and everything. Do I just reach out to Quell Forever or the biologist directly and say, hey, can you come out to my piece of land and kind of walk me through it and hold my hand and, and you know, explain what the next step really is? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd personally hold your hand, Nick, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, the per- that's the best way to get in touch with us is just shoot us an email or call us. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, every one of us will be more than happy to get out and help you in any way we can. Yeah. If you go to uh, www.quailforever.org, you scroll down to the bottom of that page and you look in tiny letters at the bottom. It says, you get your magnifying glass out, but it says <laughs> find a biologist. And that'll send you to a link where you can put in your um, zip code and it'll show you the closest biologist to your area. So it's, it's pretty easy to find us. Okay. And so literally the, the biologists will come to your property and kind of help guide you and, and tell you, okay, this is a type of habitat. This is what you want to plant. This is kind of the maintenance that you want to do. And then, you know, if there's a a program available or, or money that can be, be had and some Mm -hmm. benefits, you, you guys are really just going to walk them through it and hopefully, that they get motivated to actually turn their property into a, a good conservation site for, for these birds. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we do everything from providing technical assistance to, um, to administering the farm bill programs that might benefit that landowner if they're eligible. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, that's kind of the bread and butter right now. Um, and, and it, you know, it's working, you know, we've, we've got projects that are on the ground right now. You know, we're making making an impact, you know, today, and so that's that's what's really important. And the beauty of it, too, is that, you know, we, we don't claim to be experts in everything, but we've created partnerships in every state that, you know, if we don't know, we reach out for help. Um, you know, we always ask the landowner, well, what do, you, what do you hope to get from your property? Kind of what do you already have there? So if, if they're interested in, you know, maximizing their return on, of investment on their um, crops, I'll bring in maybe one of our precision ag specialists with me to the property. And we do have one in Georgia now. 
um, you know, or, you know, we reach out to an extension and have them come out with us, um, Forrester, their, their family Forrester, you know, we all kind of try to work together and come up with the best plan for that landowner. Right. And that, that's so important to kind of piece it all together. And like you said, if you don't know the answer, there's somebody out there that does know the answer. And so right. yep. here, here in a minute, you know, what, let, let's touch on some of the public property, but before we move on, can you, can you kind of give, give your spiel on, you know, you'll, you'll hear it from a lot of people say, well, why would I want to support private landowners getting involved in doing habitat restoration if I don't get to benefit from that, if I don't get to hunt that personally, you know, Walk us through why that's so important that, like you said earlier, every acre counts and it doesn't have to just be on these giant tracts of public land, especially down here in the southeast. Yeah, so it's, you know, like I said, it's what we face right now in the upland game bird world, you know, and specifically for quail in the southeast is is trying to make a landscape scale change. And, uh, and, you know, non-industrial private landowners, Industrial private landowners um, and public landowners are all pieces of that puzzle, Nick. That we've got to put together, you know, to make the kind of difference that we that we all you know want to make. Um, and so, you know, supporting private lands programs is you know just as important if you're a conservationist as as public land programs are. Um, you know, and uh, it, it's all it's all a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, and you know. Uh, when we ha- when we launch these programs, it isn't a shotgun approach either. We're specifically targeting areas where we know we have wild birds as a basis for working out from. And often, you know, those anchors are our public lands, and we want to bring on our the adjacent landowners, private landowners, because if we're burning on the WMA and we can pull them in and get them to start burning, that's just going to up our numbers on that public land and give us more hunting opportunity right there even if you can't get over on the private landowner and you know there there is you got the voluntary public access program bpa and that's really getting big in some of these states they just put a lot of money into it again with this farm bill and that gives increases opportunity to potentially hunt these pub uh these private lands that could be adjacent to um the public land so opportunities are definitely growing and you know like noah mentioned earlier that connectivity even a small piece of property, if it can connect to um, large tracts of land that have wild birds, then we want to be doing that. Absolutely. That's the way I look at it is I look at public land as kind of little pockets and the more private land you have in between those pockets, you can connect them. And so eventually, if you have enough private land acting right and producing good bird uh, habitat and and quality brooding cover and all that, then it's just going to translate into the public ground eventually. And then everybody, it's a win-win for everybody. Right. So, yep. so with the public land, you know, that that's what, when you get into upland bird hunting, that's probably what the, you know, that's what the average person has access to is hunting on public land. So walk us through some of the bigger projects and successes that you guys are having down here in the southeast because i know that you know there there's some quail numbers bouncing back in certain areas so what are you guys doing on that and you know anything really important on the horizon that everybody should be aware of or participate in well you know we're we're building relationships on uh forest service property like um noah mentioned in south carolina we have a biologist on the entry district that's 
you know, really they're seeing increase in birds, increase in habitat that's available. So they're really working hard there. But one thing I always like to highlight that I don't think a lot of people realize is the involvement of our local chapters in putting habitat on the ground as well. So if you're familiar with QF model, um, our, our chapters host banquets just like everybody else, but a lot of the, most of the money is going to stay local in that area and the chapters are going to decide how that money's spent. And a lot of times, especially when we have biologists on the ground, we're working with them to improve habitat on public lands. So where a state agency might not be able to get bids fast enough or be able to cover the expenses of it, because, you know, quail habitat, we're asking them to do a little bit extra. Often they don't have the manpower. Or sometimes they don't have the resources to do those small burns, block burns. So we have the ability to go to our local chapter and say, hey, would you like to be involved in this project? What are you doing with your banquet funds this year? And they fund, have funded thousands of acres of habitat improvement here in the southeast on our WMAs. And um, I don't know if I want to share my secrets where we're going, <laughs> but we're seeing, we're seeing more birds. And uh, just trust me, it's working. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is. And the, and the southwest Georgia chapter, you know, yeah. which, which is the chapter that I'm involved in down here, Nick, you know, they have been very dedicated and very involved in using their locally raised funds and keeping it local and putting habitat on public lands in their region. Um, and that's something they're really proud of, and we're proud of them for doing it too. So, um, you know, that's that's why volunteering is is just as important as what you know Jess and I are working on too. That's Ab- right. Absolutely. There's there's a ton of different ways to get involved, and I think a lot of people involved in Quilt Forever that they talk about the the fund staying local as opposed to, you know, some other organizations to where maybe they don't know exactly where their dollars headed, but with quail forever, it does stay local and it does help with, you know, planting the right habitat pollinators or burns or just, you know, getting the right, the right landowners set out on the right way. So I think quail forever, it's just, in my opinion, just getting bigger and, you know, it's, it's really paying off in a lot of the areas and you can see that in the bird numbers. Yeah. And, you know, we're getting into the schools as well. So either shooting sports or, you know, putting a pollinator patch at a school, you know, they're really amping up some of the stuff that they're doing there with outreach. And, you know, that's really what's going to save us all here is uh, getting that generations, you know, the kids to understand and appreciate what we're doing, uh, mentoring, hunters or just mentoring, you know, bird dog trainers, whatever you need to do to protect what we're all working on. And, you know, the local chapters really do that. Uh, We've got a Red Hills chapter there that's on the border of Florida, Georgia, that is at a shooting range once a month. And they invite people to come out. You buy a new gun. They'll help you work through it, get used to it, target shoot, give you some pointers and tell you how awful you're your form is which is usually what i'm getting (laughs) but um you know so they're doing things like that to really you know not only help habitat but help sport and um you know just keep it things going absolutely well i think what you guys are doing is great and and it's really paying off in a lot of areas and i know we could talk for hours on end on specific projects and everything that you guys are building and working towards and but this was just kind of a quick snippet especially in the southeast region saying hey there is some some habitat going on in the southeast a lot of people don't think there really is 
so, oh, yeah. you know, with that being said, is there anything specific you want to touch on or that we haven't covered or anything you want to put out there to kind of everybody keep their eyes out for? Well, you know, we, um, we reach out to our membership quite often. Um, so one of the things, you know, we're just going to throw out there is, you know, membership is super valuable. You know, it, you might think that that $35 isn't going to go very far, but it does. Um, we're able to use volunteer hours for match, um, you know, just buying a bag of seed for a project. Things like that is really big for us. But beyond that, you know, we do a lot with policy as well. You know, we've had some great things past year recently working with partners, and that's because of our membership, calling, writing letters, sending emails, and we need that support to keep doing what we're doing and making sure that Habitat and, you know, just is a, is a priority in D.C. especially. So that's kind of where, where we need help often. And, you know, our members, they answer the call, and I'm really proud of that for QF. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time coming on because it is important to get involved and support these $35 membership goes a long way. And, and as I told you guys, you know, our, our spotlight companies, we always donate 10% of uh, our Patreon proceeds every month to the feature organization. And that kind of works out right at around uh, a membership. So we're going to be picking out one of our Patreon patrons and who's not a member and getting them a membership and hopefully uh, they'll stick to it. And you have a, have a member that is around for years to come and not just for, because GDIY bottom one. Well, we appreciate that. We really appreciate that, Nick. And you know, like Jess said, the members are the backbone and, uh, and we're so thankful to have y'all and that you, and that you, you know, support us and everything. So, um, you know, we're, we're tickled that we get to go out and, and, uh, put habitat on the ground and, and, uh, and interact with the members and really try to make a difference. So. Absolutely. Well, I thank you for your time. If y'all stick on for a second, I'll go ahead and shut this off and, uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this month's GDIY spotlight. If you would like to see more on this month's featured organization, please check out our Facebook and Instagram at Gundog It Yourself. You can also find the organization's link through our website at gundogityourself.com. If you have a suggestion for a nonprofit that could be a good fit for future episodes, please send an email to us at gundogityourself at gmail.com. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup just have to replace it again and year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukanuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukanuba to help power their ultimate performance Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. 
I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.